Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Listen, I want to talk to you about education. Um, when you were going to college all those years ago, did, what did you learn? Did, I mean, was any of it lasting or profound? Do you sometimes wish you could go back and maybe study history, economics, literature, maybe the U.S. Constitution? It would be hard to go back now because nobody is even teaching any of that stuff now because of the woke ideology. It is hard, but it's not impossible, thanks to Hillsdale College. Since 1844, Hillsdale has been providing an education in faith, freedom, and character because they believe a virtuous citizen is the best defense for liberty, and it is. And they provide 39 free, not-for-credit courses that are self-paced so you can start whenever you want. This is everything you need to change the way you understand our country, the world, and the place that you hold in it. It's all in one place, no long-term commitment, all free to learn where and when you want. The basic fundamental truths never change, and it's never too late for a refresher. Right now, go to hillsdale.edu slash glenn. That's hillsdale.edu slash glenn. Enroll today. Register hillsdale.edu slash glenn. Welcome to the, the program. In California, Gavin Newsom failed to sign uh, a new law. So he, in, in fact, vetoed a new law that would guarantee that you lost the right to your child. The state could take your child if you didn't affirm your child's gender. Um, well, he... He vetoed it, and when he vetoed it, he said, because this already exists in the state courts, so this is redundant. There is, there is a man I want to introduce you to, a Canadian judge, about, um, I don't know, back in April of 2021, sentenced a dad in British Columbia to six months in jail for speaking about his daughter's treatment for gender dysphoria. A month earlier, law enforcement arrested and jailed him without bail for criminal contempt of court. He fought a two-year legal battle with school officials, mental health, and mental professionals 
and the provincial government arguing that they infringed on his parental rights by allowing and encouraging his minor daughter to receive cross-sex hormones without his consent. He went on the record in media interviews about his specific case and the trend of gender dysphoric children, girls in particular, being pushed into medical treatments and surgeries. Well, he was thrown in jail because he wasn't allowed to talk about it. He is still talking about it. I'm not going to use his name in hopes that less damage is done or his daughter's name, but he feels compelled to share his story with you, to warn you what's happening just across our northern border and the fact that it could happen here and in fact in California already is. He joins me in 60 seconds. Now let me ask you, some kind of personal question here. Are you living with pain? If so, how bad is it? How frequent is it? Is it the sort of thing that not only annoys you, but you make decisions based on? I can't do that. I'm going to pay for that. I don't feel well enough. I can't do that today. Here's the most important question. How long are you going to put up with it? And what have you tried to get rid of it? I know I know your answer probably is I've tried everything. But if it li- that list doesn't include re- relief factor, you haven't tried everything. When I was in horrible pain, I got my life back unexpectedly through Relief Factor. It was the last thing I tried, and I never thought it would work. My wife made me try it. It's a trial pack for three weeks. You just take it as directed. It's not a drug, so it's not going to whack you out. More than a million people have bought Relief Factor the quick start, and about 70% of them go on to order more. Those are pretty good odds to get your life back. ReliefFactor.com, ReliefFactor.com, or call 800, the number four, Relief. 800, the number four, Relief. 1995, three-week quick start. ReliefFactor.com. Feel the difference. Just going to call you Dad uh, on the program. Dad, how are you? I'm good. How are you today? I'm, I'm good. I didn't expect you to sound this great. You have gone through <laughs> hell for the last uh, three or four years. Yes. How did it start? You know, it started with my daughter in the, in the public schools. They they're, they passed a, uh, a a program here called SOGI One Two Three, chant for Sexual Orientation, Gender Identity. And what that is is it is supposedly they they called it an anti bullying program, but it's actually a policy. And what happens in the schools is they're essentially they're telling kids you can be. You know, you can be homosexual, you can be lesbian, you can be bisexual, all the, all the letters in the alphabet of the LGBTQ. Um, and where my daughter went to school, uh, it was where the pilot project was initiated. And mm-hmm. so she was indoctrinated among the first in British Columbia in this program. So that's kind of where it all started. So she had mental health issues. I knew that. But the school decided we're going to um, direct her towards being transgender. Uh, because at that time, that's how they <laughs> thought they could deal with all mental health problems with children was just to uh, transgender them. Jeez. And, and, and the idea behind that, it sort of, to me, reminds me of a video game where you have avatars. And these kids will sit there for hours creating their perfect character. And so now you have these adults, these perverted adults coming at your child and telling them, hey, if you're not happy being a girl, create your own, whoever you want to be, be an avatar. You know, forget about that sad girl, become a boy. And of course, this is very, 
uh, alluring to to them, right? This is going to solve all their problems. So that's sort of where it all started was in the schools. Um, Where I caught on was fairly early on. I didn't realize the extent of it all. But at one point, you know, my daughter went to see a psychologist who goes by uh, the the name Dr. IJ um, because there's publication bans on all of these doctors because they're uh, clearly so proud of what they do that they're hiding behind publication bans at this point. But, but I thought, you know, at that time, this is great. This, this person's going to fix this. Clearly, my daughter is not a, a boy trapped in a girl's body. That's impossible. But instead, he, uh, he went affirm, affirm, affirm. And the next thing you know, my daughter's headed off to the BC Children's Hospital here in August of 2018. And on her first visit, they're going to pump her full of testosterone. I'm, I'm like, this is crazy. My, my ex-wife gives me a call, tells me I put a stop to it. So they send me uh, what they call an informed consent form, which really doesn't, I find out later, doesn't mean much. Uh, and of course, my daughter has signed it, my ex-wife has signed it. I read it and I refuse. I mean, it's talking about all the irreversible changes, you know, like lowered voice, increased growth of hair. Uh, all, sterilization. All and sterilization. And, and what this thing goes on to say at the end, which is probably the craziest line in the whole thing, is that it says the medical effects and safety of testosterone are actually not fully understood. And there may be long-term risks that are not yet known. It's in their consent form. And they're asking my daughter to consent to this stuff. Of course they say no. So they harassed me for four or five months. I finally get a letter in the mail in December of 2018, and it's from BC Children's Hospital. And they say, we don't need your consent. We're going to give her testosterone anyways under something in British Columbia called the Infants Act. And they said, but you've got two weeks to file in court. The Infant uh, Act? I, they call it the Infants Act here in British Columbia. And wait, wait, how old is your daughter at this at time? At this time, she's at 14. Okay. This started when she was 11. I would say around 11, grade four and five. Okay. And she's not an infant now. I just want to make sure she's not an infant. No, currently, yeah. she'll, she'll turn 19 in October. Okay. So, yeah, that tells you how long I've been battling this. <laughs> is that she's now, she's uh, finally not going to be a, an infant, a minor soon. But so, anyway, so I, so I, I take it to court because I'm thinking, you know, even forget about the LGBTQ component to this. Common sense says you don't medically do something like this to a child or a minor. Correct. Um, you know, you just like you wouldn't let a child say, oh, I can't, have, I don't have a feeling in my arm, so I'm just going to have it cut off. Well, you don't let kids do this stuff. But, uh, boy, did I have a wake-up call just to find out what I was in the middle of. And uh, so, yeah, I filed uh, what they call a notice of motion in B.C. Provincial Court in uh, yeah, December of 2018. And, and that's led to five years in the courts and to prison, as you mentioned. So, And you went to prison. Why? Yeah, that's sort of phase two of the story. The, the, the first part has to do with my actual battle to save my daughter from, you know, being a victim of all of this stuff, of, of the, the cross-sex hormones and the puberty blockers. And, and so what happened is in, in court in January, uh, the, the judge said that, you know, for me to misgender my daughter, for example, was going to be considered family violence. Uh, <laughs> and all of these crazy things came out. I was not allowed to dissuade her from, I can only affirm, 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 
or that was family violence. So all of these rules were suddenly put on, which pretty much eliminates my ability to parent her on this issue at all. And, and so what I did is uh, I spoke with the Federalist after that ruling, and I said to the Federalist, I said, well, I, I, it's a delusion. I, I, I'm going to keep calling my daughter a daughter. I mean, that's the, the reality. I don't care if the courts tell me to lie. And so I was hauled in for family violence under another judge. And then this is when they added all of the stuff where I could be arrested again. They put a protection order on me and said I could be arrested without warrant by the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. And for what? What do you mean arrested without warrant? For what? Arrest. If somebody thought that I was misgendering my daughter or not affirming her. So it was really kind of uh, vague. It was really vague. And, and it showed you that at the time, the power that the transgender activists really had on this province and probably to some extent still do, although things are changing just like they are in the United States, Slowly, that they could get away with something like this. Now, where, where the change kind of came in, and this is, I should probably hit on this quickly, is the, the National Post, the big newspaper up here in January, is when the court case is kind of starting, they put out a front page article on it. You know, who, who decides, the parent, the doctor. Now, the problem is they were trying to put my daughter on a pedestal because that had worked well for the transgender activists is that you shame the father, but you do it publicly. But the problem was all the comments at the end of the story were supporting my position and they were really going after the trans. And so this is when they thought, okay, new tactic. We're not going to do this way anymore. We're going to gag this dad. We're going to shut the story down. Parents are not allowed to know what's going on because this is not going to do well for us. This will end it. And that's essentially what they tried to do. And, the, and so they, there was a gag order against you. You would be sent to prison if you violated the gag order and spoke to any press member or, or was it anybody about what you were you going know, through? The honest truth, and this may sound super crazy, but my gag order actually said in it that I could only speak to my two lawyers, not even my parents or my, or my family about this matter. Only my two lawyers, because it's considered a privileged conversation. To this talk is about insane. My daughter. This is insane. That's, that's how bad it, it got. Okay. And so we appealed all of this to the BC Court of Appeal, and we did go into the Court of Appeal back in uh, September of 2019. And we got a bit of a win out of it. Uh, we got the ruling about five months later, and in that ruling, the BC Court of Appeal said, well... We're going to take away the protection order. We're going to make it a civil order uh, instead of a, a criminal one. And they also said, I do have the right to dissuade my, my daughter from being transgender. They said, we're taking away the affirmation model. And they also said um, that, yeah, we're, the, under the Infants Act, the parents don't get to decide, you know, what their child wants to do, but neither does the child. So essentially what they said is, well, it's on the shoulders of the doctors alone. Oh, my gosh. And, so the doctors here in BC decide whether your daughter transitions or not. But the good news in that is that when this contagion possibly comes to an end, which it will, there's going to be a lot of law cases and a lot of uh, you know girls being transitioned to boys that now have the right to go and sue that doctor and say, hey, you know, why did you transition me? I didn't really know what I was talking about. And yet you thought I was doing the right thing. And, and this is the reason why I fight this so hard 
is because, you know, my daughter's never going to be able to come to me personally and say, hey, dad, why did you rush me down, you know, to the gender clinic? And I'll say, I didn't. <laughs> I did the opposite. I tried to save you from going to that gender clinic, but you were rushed there by the government. Do you have any keep in mind? Go ahead. Oh, it's going to say, keep in mind, in this case, it's not about uh, parental rights at all. It's, it's the government that transitioned my daughter. It has nothing to do with me or my ex-wife, what our positions were. It was the government itself, which is a bit different than what's happening in the U.S., where they're kind of, I believe, handing off kids to the parent who will transition. All right. Hold, here, it doesn't even matter. Hold on just, just a second. We're talking to a dad who we're keeping anonymous uh, at his request because I, I think he'll pay uh, for this interview. And we'll talk about that coming up in just a second. Uh, Mike Lindell has changed the way millions of people sleep every single night. MyPillow. MyPillow is having now a huge sale on their Percal sheets. Percal, I mean, do I need... Do I need to say more? And they're available in a wide variety of colors and sizes. It includes this closeout sale. The queen size sheets regularly retail for $89.98, but they're now available for $35 if you use the promo code BECK. These Percal sheets are breathable. They have a cool and crisp feel that you're just going to love. They'll fit over any mattress, and they're incredibly durable. Plus, they're machine washable and very easy to care for. It's a great deal. It's not going to last long, so don't wait. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special square to get the MyPillow percal sheets for as low as $25 for a twin set or $35 for a queen set. The deal is not going to last long. Enter the promo code BECK or call 800-966-3117 for this special and so many more. 10 seconds, station ID. So we're talking to a dad from British Columbia. He was forced to watch as his 14-year-old daughter was destroyed and sterilized by court-ordered testosterone injections. Is she? Do you have any relationship with her now? I, I don't right now, and I and I can tell you a bit what happened because this is actually part of their what they do over there on the on the on the far left. Is uh, my daughter would sneak over to my place. And she would have to tell the, uh, the, my ex-wife, her mom, that, you know, she was visiting friends at school. And, of course, the lesbian activist lawyer, Barbara Finley, uh, attached herself as the lawyer for my daughter. And, um, and so what happened is, is my daughter at one point came and said to me, she goes, Dad, I can't come over and see you anymore. And I asked her, why is that? And she said, well, they're giving me a choice. They said, if I keep seeing you, they won't fight for me to get my hormones and my transgender stuff. And so they said, they're, essentially, they bribed her. And they said, pick your dad or, or pick uh, becoming a, a boy. And I haven't heard from her since. I guess she chose to become a boy. And so this is what they do with these kids, these vulnerable kids, is uh, they, they really gang up and bully on these kids and to get them to transition. And it's, it's yeah, I mean, my daughter was a complete victim. But again, this also destroys families. And that's also, I think, part of the in, the intention is to destroy families as well. So to answer the question, no, I haven't seen her. Not since Christmas of 2019. Oh, my gosh. Last time I saw her. Let me, oh. um, if I can, just tell you that amazing things happen over time. My daughter uh, went to Fordham University, and I was working in New York at the time. 
And they totally flipped her against me. I mean, totally flipped her against me. I was a, uh, a bigot because I, I wouldn't agree with um, gay marriage. I'd never been against gay marriage. I'm more of a libertarian on this. I just don't think the government has any right to be in anybody's marriage, period. Um, and uh, I, she was convinced because they held rallies against me and everything else at her school that, you know. Oh, wow. Uh, and uh, I thought I lost her forever. And uh, after a while of getting out of school and being, you know, just being out from underneath the thumb, she began to see things differently and we're very close today. So hopefully it won't last forever. It's just going to be an agonizing time that you lose with your daughter. And I'm sorry for that. So go ahead. Well, that's, that isn't, yeah. And that's encouraging because that's, you know, I I go through this with that, with my conscience clean and I, and I, and I hope that, you know, my arms are wide open waiting for her to come back after, you know, she's done, whatever she's doing, uh, which is terrible, which is terrible for herself. But she, but you know, I'm, I'm waiting here for her. And, and I would like to think that at the end of the day, you know, it's going to be those that affirmed her that she's going to resent. And, and she'll appreciate what I tried to do for her, even though I, I didn't succeed with her, but I'm, you know, obviously <laughs> I'm so thrilled with what I'm seeing as we are succeeding uh, in countries around the world, you know, in Europe, obviously in the United States, so many States, uh, and even in Canada, our federal conservative uh, government, or sorry, not government, they're the official opposition right now, but, um, you know, they passed a resolution, one of them being, you know, that they will never allow anyone under the age of 18 to medically transition. Uh, and so hopefully they do form government and they're way up in the polls. Right now, people want this stuff. But but anyways, I guess I guess this goes to the second part of of my story in some ways. I went through the first half pretty quickly, but so, so we get this ruling out of the BC court of appeal and we're debating whether to appeal that to the Supreme court of Canada. In fact, we kind of worked on it and then we kind of decided, well, we sort of got this thing where we can sue the doctors down the road. Let's just leave it because the, 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 the federal court in Canada is pretty loaded up with left leaning judges and so we thought well we, we probably did better in the beach court of appeal than we will moving forward so at that point i fired my two lawyers not because of this but because to protect them so i fired my two lawyers got them off the record and i said okay well this if that's the end of the line legally for the moment uh i'm going to protect them and i'm going to break all these gag orders because i thought you know the world needs to know what's happening to their kids in darkness in these schools you know, as an example, it came out in affidavits that when my daughter changed her name from her female name to a male name, I was under the impression that this was by her design. No, it was the school counselor that changed her name. Okay. It comes out now in court records. Dad, can you hang on just a second? I, I'd, I'd love to bring you back on tomorrow and get more of the story and what parents should do if you'd be willing to join us again tomorrow. and Back in just a second. American Financing, NMLS 182334, org. If you're like most Americans, by the time you pay your bills, refuel your car, buy groceries, there's just about nothing left. How often do you find yourself using a credit card to cover the essentials? The average credit card interest rate now is about 25%. 
That makes your debt even more expensive. And for homeowners, there is a better way. It's not right for everybody, but I would urge you to find out if it's right for you. AmericanFinancing.net is helping people just like you get out from underneath that debt burden and start to realize significant savings. You could save $700 every single month. That would go a long way. And that's what they're helping the average customer to save. Through things like mortgage refi. Unlike credit card debt, your mortgage interest is tax deductible, so it stretches it out even further. It's American Financing at 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or go to AmericanFinancing.net. Big debate tonight. We'll have coverage on Blaze TV on Studios America starting 8 p.m. Eastern, blazetv.com slash Glenn. Wearing my Fetterman hoodie today uh, with the, of course, Corn Pop, One Bad Dude image on it. Corn Pop 2024. You can get it at uh, com. Also, tonight, I'll be watching the GOP debates from home, alone. My wife won't even watch them with me, I'm sure. And I'll bring you my reaction uh, tomorrow on radio. Uh, we're all sad Asa Hutchinson didn't qualify, but I'm going to try to power through it tonight. Um, we're Bergamentum gonna, is in though. Yeah, last second qualification for is. Doug Bergamania. So that puts a blowtorch to everything you were planning on doing because I know it all revolved around you know my show at 9 p.m. tonight. Yes, but uh, instead we'll be at 9 p.m. tomorrow and we'll be giving you a recap of the debate with all of the voices that you've grown to love and trust now we should note a studios america power hour pre-game you, you can't really watch this debate sober i mean maybe if you're glenn beck and you've had a a, a, a drinking problem in the past uh, perhaps you should skip the beer uh, but if you don't and you do uh, occasionally uh, partake what better way to watch a debate than through a power hour so we're going to do a pre-game power hour it's going to bring you <coughs> right up to the debate tonight and then i'll have post-game coverage on youtube.com will you be drinking two. still during the debate I, that's a good question yeah. i think we're gonna see how it goes yeah. <laughs> yeah. okay, okay. All right. and the yeah. post game is youtube.com slash studios america mm-hmm. so go there and follow mm-hmm. the page because uh, we're gonna be doing lots of uh, extra broadcasts and live stuff throughout the debate season and into the election season so excited for all of that it's gonna stuff. be great yeah it's gonna be great you know it's uh, so hey, very excited. if, if you, you look- miss tomorrow because you're hung over I mean, and I'm going to be speaking very loudly to you tomorrow. No, don't. It's already giving me a headache. You already give me a daily headache. Anyway, I will say, too, that one of the best arguments for watching this debate is we don't know what's going to happen with Trump. I mean, if, if the deep state, no. if the people really come after him and really do this and really put him in prison, what you happened? may need another candidate. And even if you like right. Donald Trump, you better figure out which one you like. So I think yep. it, these debates, while not as uh, sexy and, and, and bringing the eyeballs as because Trump's not there, are still really important. The next six months are going to de- depend, decide whether we have a republic left anymore. Really mm-hmm. is. How do we react to all the stuff with Donald Trump, et cetera, et cetera. Liz Wheeler is with us. Uh, she's also the Liz Wheeler Show and author of a new book, which I can't recommend highly enough, Hide Your Children. The Marxist agenda to take your children. We were just talking to a dad, Liz, in British Columbia, who went to prison um, because he would not go along with what the state 
said had to happen to his daughter. And he's been fighting now for years uh, and risk going back to jail just being on the uh, program. Um, last time I saw you, Liz, we were talking about how, um, uh, shoot, Governor, what's his name from California? Newsom. Newsom mm-hmm. uh, was definitely going to sign this this bill that that uh, was allowing the, the courts to take your kids away if you didn't, um, you know, identify their gender the way they say. He didn't sign it in the end. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, thanks so much, Glenn, for having me on today. I mean, the story of the father in Canada just makes me sick to my stomach to see a parent having their child taken away like that. And the sad and scary part is that's not an isolated incident that's starting to become more and more prevalent because this assault on our children is ramping up. Um, I'll celebrate the fact that Governor Newsom didn't sign that bill, but I don't think it's a signal that he's a moderate. I think he's proven that he's a radical. This was a calculated political move on his part. He obviously wants to run for president, whether it's in 2024 or 2028. He's just hoping that he can convince some parents that he's not he's not trying to take their kids away from them. But if you read his veto letter that he wrote to the California Assembly, he literally says, well, the courts already have the power in California right. to do this. So there's no reason for me to sign this bill. So let, let me talk a little bit about uh, wokeness and we'll get into uh, some of the other things that are in your book, which is, by the way, fantastic. The origin of wokeness, where did it come from and how did it get into our schools with social emotional learning? Yeah, this is really interesting. So I think a lot of conservative parents are at the point where we recognize wokeness when we see it. We can point to critical race theory or trans ideology, and we can say, ah, that's woke. I don't like that. I don't want my kid taught that. I trace the origin of the word, of the concept of the word, back to a Brazilian Marxist, believe it or not, by the name of Paulo Freire. Paulo Freire didn't want teachers to teach children facts and knowledge in school. He said there was no such thing as objective truth. So all teachers were doing were teaching children the prevailing political narrative. And he proposed this idea, this radical idea, that teachers instead teach children how to view the world, teach them a worldview. And he called this worldview critical consciousness. Now, critical consciousness is a worldview. It's teaching children to look at the world through a Marxist lens to categorize everyone as either an oppressor or oppressed. And Glenn, this critical consciousness is in our schoolrooms today, in classrooms all across the country. It's packaged in social-emotional learning just under a different name, under wokeness. Social-emotional learning is somewhat disguised as being values education. They claim, oh, it'll teach your child right from wrong, how to view the world. Well, yes, it will teach your child how to view the world, how to view the world through this same Marxist lens. And social-emotional learning is not only in every school, it is pushed by the teachers unions, including Randy Weingarten, the teachers union boss of the second largest teachers union in the country. And it's everywhere. I remember in 2008, Barack Obama came into office. And and when he came into office, there was a change in the union uh, language um, that allowed teachers because they were banned. If you were a communist or you had been a part of any group that was trying to uh, uh, cause uh, a revolution in America, you couldn't teach. They reversed that in 2008. And I remember thinking, wow, I mean, why would you do that? Unless 
that's what you were headed towards. And it shows that is exactly what they were headed towards. Are the, uh, is the average teacher like this? Yeah, why indeed would they reverse that if they didn't want that in schools? Listen, down in North Carolina, the state legislature had to change the language of some of the laws they had on the books because this social-emotional learning is almost like quack psychology when it's practiced by teachers on students or by school counselors. And they had to change the laws so that teachers couldn't be held liable if they were uh, inflicting this on students. And I think we all know it's not every single teacher that's a radical Marxist. I would never make that claim. I'm sure there are a lot of well-meaning, well-intentioned teachers, but it's out of their hands at this point. They don't have dominion over what they do in the classroom or the curriculum that they teach or how they are supposed to uh, shape these children's worldviews. It's dictated by either curriculum boards or by state legislatures. So their hands are kind of tied. I mean, it's one of the reasons we see this mass exodus of teachers leaving the public school system, because they don't want to be part of that. Tell me about Antonio Gramsci. Oh, Antonio Gramsci is such an interesting little man. He, and when I say that, he's a nasty little man. He was an Italian Marxist in Mussolini's Italy. He was actually put in prison in fascist Italy. He's the founder of the Italian co-founder of the Italian Communist Party. And he's really the one, Glenn, who revived Marxism in the 21st century. Because Karl Marx's economic version of Marxism had kind of gone out of style for a while. But Gramsci, while he was in prison, was studying Marxism and recognized that when Marxist revolutions were successful, it wasn't because of economic discontent. It wasn't because the working class got so angry that they overthrew the ruling class. What happened first in these successful Marxist revolutions is the cultural institutions on which the people rely were demolished, were obliterated. And he named, among others, he named the media, the education system, religious institutions, the law, and the nuclear family, which probably gives everyone the chills to hear because we think, okay, that's exactly what's happening right now in the United States. And I'll tell you one further. As I'm reading through these prison notebooks of Antonio Gramsci in the course of researching this book, uh, they were translated into English from Italian not that long ago, maybe 50 years ago. And I didn't notice the name of the man who translated them from English or from Italian to English probably the first dozen times I was reading this book. And all of a sudden, this name just hits me in the face. And I read translated by Joseph Judge. Yes. That Buttigieg, the father of Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg, brought Antonio Gramsci's cultural Marxism into the United States. And that explains an awful lot why Pete Buttigieg, who's obviously incompetent, is embraced by the left so deeply. And it's shocking that no one has uncovered that. No one. You're the first person I've ever heard say that. I mean, it's so shocking. I, I mentioned to you this to you when we were talking last week. I was doing this research late at night after my daughter went to, went to bed at probably like midnight. And I come across this and I jump up out of my chair because I just can't believe that this, is, this connection actually exists. And I, I look around for someone to say, look at what I found. Look at what I found. No, everyone was asleep. So I'm just hopping around the house, uh, uh, just unable to believe that this is true. But it does make you wonder if an ideological connection exists between Pete Buttigieg and his father in addition to the biological one. Because Pete Buttigieg is not just 
an idiot. He's he's obviously a very radical leftist. And his father not only translated Gramsci into English, but ran an international study group of essentially a fan club of Antonio Gramsci. A um, couple of other things that I found in your book that I found interesting. And we've only got about 60 seconds here. But who came up with the Don't Say Gay campaign in Florida? Well, the origin of that phrase wasn't coined organically during the battle over the parental rights and education bill that we saw in Florida. The origin of that came from Planned Parenthood, believe it or not. Back in 2020, a similar bill had been introduced in the state of Missouri, and Planned Parenthood wrote a blog post, which, since I exposed it, they've since deleted, but you can find it on Internet Archives. And the reason for this, this might seem strange to us because we think of Planned Parenthood as an abortion business, but Planned Parenthood is now um, in the transgender hormone business as well. They're one of the largest providers of transgender hormones to young people, which is part of their pipeline. They go into these public schools. They're one of the one of the most prevalent sex educator um, or sex educators in the United States. So they teach kids all about trans ideology and then they profit off the kids once they come calling for trans hormones. Yeah, they are the uh, the largest seller of hormones now, aren't they? I believe so. The largest or the second largest. I mean, they're, they're certainly the largest institutional groomer of our children that are both in public schools and then profits from kids when they come out seeking, seeking either hormones or abortion. They're, they're a really nasty lot over there, but it's not just abortion anymore. They're butchering kids outside the womb, too. Yeah, so now they're the largest abortion facility and one of the largest sterilization facilities. Interesting. Uh, Liz, thank you so much. We'll talk to you again. There's so much to talk about in your book. It is just a fantastic book. Uh, It is called Hide Your Children by Liz Wheeler. Pick it up wherever you can get a copy of uh, this book. It is a must, must read. Liz, thank you. Thanks so much, Glenn. I appreciate it. You bet. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says there is a disconnect about how the economy is doing and how we feel it's doing. And she's right. Uh, I don't know what Excel sheet she's looking at, but, you know, I'm feeling pretty bad about the economy. Pretty bad. I mean, I'm waiting for the magic to work in the Inflation Reduction Act. This is what they're doing. They are making sure that you own nothing and you'll be happy. It's not just a little fun thing they like to say. It is the future and is, as I say, it's a dark future. You need to be protected against the coming tide of economic problems. You can't turn your back. You can't close your eyes. You have to build a hedge around insanity. Please do yourself a favor and call Goldline today. Gold and other precious metals have always been a stable and safe way to protect against inflation. Goldline can help you determine how much of your portfolio is right to invest. I've trusted Goldline for years, but don't take my word for it. Call them. Get all of the information. You make your own decision. For every full ounce of fractional gold eagles purchased today, you're going to receive a free one-tenth ounce Platinum St. Helena Trust Series coin. So call them now, 866-GOLDLINE. That's 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Glenn Beck. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. 
the ever trustworthy James Clapper had this to say about Donald Trump yesterday. In a recent profile, uh, General Milley raised the possibility that he thought if Trump was reelected, he would throw his opponents in jail. He said that he would be at the top of the list. Do you think that that's a real concern? And are you concerned that you could be on Trump's enemies list? Well, sure. Uh, I think there are probably uh, a lot of people uh, that are potentially uh, on such a list. and again, that's uh, that's reprehensible. Uh, I, I think General Milley's comment was he didn't think Gen- uh, President Trump would uh, be reelected. Well, I'm not so sure about that. So yeah, that's a that's a real concern for uh, sure. for many of us. Sure, I would imagine, and it should be a concern for anybody who is breaking the law. Menendez, if it turns out that he was taking money, bye bye. Hunter Biden, bye bye. Joe Biden, bye-bye. James Clapper, not because I don't agree with your policy, but if you were part of something that was nefarious and illegal to influence an election or to thwart a president, bye-bye. Yeah, I mean, I I think there's a real argument that Trump is going to dissolve this sort of, let's call it an understanding between both parties. He's not dissolving it. They just did. Yes, I yes. Would agree with that. Yeah, okay. I, I agree with that. But well, they at least did it on him. Yes, right. I think there's a good chance he would attorneys. escalate it to anyone who crossed these lines. Correct. And by the way, that's the way the law's supposed to work. Like you're, when you break it, you're supposed to be punished for it. I mean, if anyone so, who is, if anyone is selling our country out and bribery, uh, yeah, and I so, would put that with. Totally. I would put that with Mike Lee. If Mike, if I found out that my friend Mike Lee was involved in bribery and getting money from some other country, and it went through a regular court, like I want all of these to go through, and it was fair, bye bye, Mike. And he would say the same about me. Sure, bye bye. That's what has to happen. Now, I think some of these people should fear jail is in the their Glenn Beck program. Horizon.